Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Body Count, a true crime podcast. I am Dana, and it's great to have you here with me today. We're going to talk about the case of Paige Bergfeld today. She was a mother who went missing and was subsequently found murdered, and this is her story. And spoiler alert, this case has been solved, so, you know, we're not going to leave you hanging trying to figure out what happened to, to Paige but um, it has been solved, and her murderer is in jail for his, his terrible crime. Um, before we go further, I just want to give you guys a little information. Um, this is our second episode, and we are on a few different platforms. So I hope you're listening to us on, you know, wherever you're listening to us. Follow us, like us, spread the news. I, I want people to, to, to hear me. So, and I'm going to be creating my Facebook pro, uh, profile page and we're going to do something on Instagram, I think. Um, I don't do Twitter. Everybody tells me to do Twitter, but I, I don't. I don't get Twitter. I'm sorry. I, I have a lot more to say than just a few characters. <laughs> but we may end up making one for body count. Not really sure yet. Um, also, I wanted to add a new segment at the end of this podcast to do you know, a, a suggestion of things that I watch on TV or podcasts I listen to or you know, give shout outs to YouTubers that cover true crime. Today, I wanted to give a, a shout out to a very special person. And I'm going to do, we're going to do two shout outs because we're going to do one right now. And then we're going to do a special one at the end. Um, this podcast, I did a lot of my research by watching Bailey Sarian. If you haven't seen her, she's phenomenal. She's on YouTube and she does makeup and murder. And it's interesting. She covers a lot of uh, missing pr- people cases, a lot of murders, serial killers, and cases that haven't been solved. So it's interesting to watch. Also, um, Disappeared did an episode on Paige Bergfell, so I want to give credit where credit is due. Thank you guys for, 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 for doing such a phenomenal job. Um, also, you know, I kind of went and did a little bit of research using the newspapers that were in the Grand Junction, Colorado area. So... You know, give credit where credit is due. So let's just jump right into it. Um, Paige Bergfeld grew up in Denver, Colorado. She had a great family. She was very family-oriented. Her and her father were very close. Her immediate family, they knew that Paige was destined to be a mom. You ever met someone and go, wow, that person, they're going to be a great mom one day when they have kids. They're going to be a great mom. That was Paige. She she was always very devoted to her family, very loving, caring. She had that motherly instinct very young in life. Um, Paige went to college at the University of Florida. And when she was there, she met her first husband, Ron Bigler. He, they, they had a whirlwind ro- romance. They fell in love and got married. And then Paige just kind of decided, hey, college is not for me. And Ron said, hey, not for me either. Let's go back home. So they moved back to Colorado with him, you know, together and started their life as newlyweds. Paige wanted children almost immediately. And, you know, Ron was like, I'm not really ready to have kids right now. So we kind of need to put the brakes on and let's give this just a little bit of time to see, to see what, what we have going on. Because I'm not ready for kids yet. And that was kind of a deal breaker to Paige. Because here she 
was ready to have kids, devoted to have kids. And then her husband was just like, I don't want them. So they were at an impasse in their relationship. So they decided, hey, you know, we're going to get divorced. And Paige said, you know, I'll, I'll find someone who wants to have children with me. So during this time period of Paige and Ron divorcing, she started working as an exotic dancer. And that's where she met her second husband, Rob. Rob Dixon was a very, very wealthy man. His family, he came from money. His family got into the cell phone boom when it happened early in the, the, the early 2000s. You know, when Nokia came out and all these cell phones became something that, hey, we carry around with us every day. So they ended up making a lot of money being in that business. So they gave, their, they gave money to, to Rob and Rob was very generous with his money. He um, did a lot of community outreach programs and that drew Paige to him. You know, she, she, he would come in and spend money on just her, you know, and she felt honored that he would take the time to give her that money. So they started dating and, you know, ended up tying the knot and getting married. 1998, they moved to Grand Junction. And by 2001, they had three children. And Paige was very, very happy. This is what she had longed to have for the, forever. This is what she wanted. Um, they, they also had very expensive cars and a very nice house. The mortgage on their house was $6,000 a month. And Rob had to have a yellow Ferrari that he drove around in. And, in, and it was kind of like a, an odd thing to have, <laughs> considering they were in Colorado, most people had, you know, Jeep Cherokees or they had, you know, cars that you could get around in snow. N not many people had that type of car. So, you know, Rob was kind of one of those people that liked to, he had money and he liked to show he had money. But also, he um, had a very philanthropic personality. So he would give to first responders. He would go to fire stations and purchase equipment for them and give it to them to use. He would buy fire engines, um, different things that they needed to do their job. He was a hero. By all accounts, everyone in town thought he was a hero. A um, little bit later on, he invested their savings into a business and ended up, the business went belly up and they lost everything. And during this time period, you know, Paige had the three kids, and she wasn't working. She was a stay-at-home mom taking care of three kids. And let me tell you what, being a stay-at-home mom is very hard, very, very, very hard. I have done it a few times, and my two, they, they it takes a lot out of you, you know. You don't ever get a break. <laughs> and, you know, right now when we're in the middle of the pandemic, none of us really get a break. But, you know, hey, whatever. So 2004, Paige's marriage was on the rocks, and she, she was at a point where she was getting very tired of having to deal with the fact that they were losing money. I mean, their mortgage was $6,000 a month. I know I couldn't pay that. There would be no way. I mean, we just wouldn't have the money. I couldn't afford it. So it put, and, and when you can't pay your bills, that adds a stress onto 
your marriage and onto you that it's very hard to bear. So, of course, they're, they started fighting and arguing. Um, 2004, Paige's marriage was just, just done. She called 911 on him, claiming that he would not let her leave with the kids. She, was, she wanted to leave. In 2005, Paige called 911 again, and this time he had hit her. Um, Rob had found some lingerie in the car and accused Paige of being a sex worker. And so during this time period, being a, being a, being a stay-at-home mom and you're watching the finances just kind of dwindle, she, she thinks to herself, I got to do something. So she went back to her roots, what she knew could make her some money. I'm not judging Paige at all because I know being a mom, you do what you got to do to take care of your kids. So that's what she felt she needed to do, and that's what she did. So Rob ended up finding out that she has this lingerie in her car, and he just flips out, and he, he hits her. So this time when she calls the police, Rob was arrested. So he, they, they're done. They want to get a divorce. They want to move on. And they separate. Um, during this time period, Rob filed for bankruptcy, and his reputation ended up being just trashed down the drain. All of the equipment that he had bought for the fire stations and had donated to the fire stations, he didn't actually purchase it. He leased it and didn't pay the lease on it, so ended up getting repossessed. I can't even imagine how embarrassing that would be for him. I can't imagine how terrible that had to have been to just have that happen. So he was just completely destroyed. They end up filing for divorce in 2006. And Paige opens up a dance class to take care of her kids. Because now she's a single mom. And now she has to care for the kids and raise them. But now she's also got to pay bills because Rob moves to Pennsylvania and that's the only place I mean I, I personally couldn't imagine leaving my kids and moving you know moving away like that but I guess he did it because he probably needed a break from all of the negative press that he was getting from what had happened to him so um, Paige is doing her dance class and she's getting great, great success with it. But she needs a little bit more money. So she ended up getting involved in Pampered Chef. And Pampered Chef is a company where they will let you have parties. And you invite your friends over. You get them involved in Pampered Chef. They buy from you. You know, it's a win-win. And Paige really thrived with Pampered Chef. She actually even got a free trip to the Caribbean for being in top sales in Pampered Chef. She felt like things were kind of on the upswing for her. She was doing really, really, really well. And it was, it was kind of at the point where she knew that she needed a little bit more money. So she ended up renting a room at a medical office doing acupuncture but it was very strange because I've personally never done acupuncture 
I'm terrified of it. I hear it works for people. And if it does, that's awesome. And hey, if you have, if it does work for you and you want to tell me it's not scary, by all means, send me an email because (laughs) I need, I need help and I've got pain all over my body. Does it help with pain? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, if you've got suggestions, I'm willing to hear. So anyway, um, her office didn't quite look like it was really for an acupuncturist. I can't say that word. Um, they had pin cushions, like a sewing pin cushion with needles in it. I'm not really, like I said, I don't really know about that, you know, whole acupuncture. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure that that's not a sterile environment to keep your needles in. So people thought it was kind of weird. Her friends and family were just kind of like, this is a little odd. But, you know, hey, Paige is doing what she needs to do. So she ended up, you know, finding out or or being involved in um, NaughtyNightLife.com. And what NaughtyNightLife.com is, is it will give you a chance to go on and search for an escort who can do what you want her to do. I mean, if you want somebody to give you a massage or go to dinner, you know, that's the kind of escort that Paige was. As far as we know, she would not have sex with any of her clients. It was mainly, she would give you an erotic massage, but you know, that would be pretty much all you would get from her. And a few of her friends knew men that had been to Paige for these erotic massages and they would beg her to, hey, let me pay you extra and see if I can get something extra. And Paige always refused. It was not a sexual thing for Paige. This was strictly, I need to take care of my kids. And again, I'm not going to judge her because we don't know what we would do if we were in her shoes. You know, you you don't know if you've got three kids at home and you're trying to raise them by yourself, you don't know what you would do. At this time, Paige had a nanny that lived with her, which I'm sure made things a little bit easier on her um, to help take care of the kids on the nights that she needed to go and work and do things. So, you know, she wasn't just leaving them at home by themselves. You know, she, she had child care for them. So on June the 22nd, 2007, Paige mentioned to her friend that she felt unsafe. And her friend comforted her and, you know, kind of told her, hey, just relax. You know, whatever's bothering you, I'm sure it's going to be fine. But Paige was very uneasy. And, and her friend didn't really want to pry and say, why do you feel uneasy? Let's talk about it. Her friend was just kind of like, I think she's upset about Rob leaving. You know, her and Rob are having issues right now. It has to be about him. But she never would have thought that it could possibly be anything else. And, you know, if your friends come to you guys and they say, hey, I don't feel safe, you know, sometimes as women, creepy things happen to us. And we always go to our friends and we say, hey, this guy was creepy. He was staring at me outside. You know, if, if somebody says they don't feel safe, say, hey, tell me why you don't feel safe. Get the details. 
Because if something does happen, you can help the investigation. You can help give information. I mean, it's just sad. I'm sorry. This, this story, this story really gets me because her being a single mom of three, you know, it just, it gets me. I couldn't imagine leaving my children and them growing up without me that I couldn't imagine that. So, you know, today, hug your children just a little bit closer to you and and a little bit tighter and take good care of them today and every day, not just today. (laughs) All right, back to the story. All right, June 26, 2007, Paige goes to Grand Junction's Moms Club, and they commented that her behavior was a little bit off. She hung out with her Moms Club about once or twice a week, and they kind of saw that she was a little bit odd and off-putting. And, and the same friend that she'd spoken to a few days before said she was really feeling off that day. So, you know, that kind of raised a few eyebrows. But a couple days later, she um, on the 28th, June the 28th of 2007, she called her friend Andrea. And Andrea said that, yeah, she was acting strange the couple days before, talking about how she didn't feel comfortable and, you know, whatever. And she was angry a little bit at Rob. They've been having some disagreements. But when she called the next time, she was excited. And she could tell that something was still bothering her, but she was excited. And the reason that she had ex- was so excited was that day she was going to meet her first husband, Ron. And she just, she told Andrea, that flame never died. I am still crazy about Ron, and we're going to try to make it work. We're going to start dating each other. So, you know, of course, Andrea was excited for her because, you know, she'd had such a rough patch dealing with, you know, everything that had happened with Rob and, you know, taking care of the kids on her own. It was a lot. So, um, they, her and Ron... We're going to be meeting halfway from Denver because Ron still lived in Denver and Paige was in Grand Junction. So they decided, let's meet halfway and let's meet in Eagle, Colorado. So uh, when Ron made it home, they went and had a picnic at the park and sat and talked and had a great time. And Paige really, you know, told him that day that she was excited about them getting back together and, you know, she was happy. Well, when Ron made it home that night, it's a two-hour drive from Eagle, Colorado. When he made it home that night, he called her. And she told him that she would call when she got back to Grand Junction, but that call never came. When he talked to her, she was about 45 minutes away from her final destination. He did say, she did tell Ron that she had to go see a client before going home. So... When he called her and she didn't answer, he thought, well, maybe she's still with her client. So I'll call in the morning. Well, he called the next morning and called the next morning on her cell phone and couldn't get Paige. And then finally the call just went to voicemail, which indicates that her cell phone had died. Ron waited that Friday and just thought, okay, I'm going to give her another day and then I'm going to call the house Saturday morning. So... That Saturday morning, he picks up the phone and he calls the house. And her eight-year-old daughter answered the phone and said, Mother had never came home. 
So at this point, Paige has been missing for almost 48 hours. Immediately, Ron didn't hesitate. He called the police. And let me tell you, there have been so many missing people, missing persons cases that I've seen where they go, well, maybe she just left. I can tell you right now, I will never leave my children. <laughs> I will never voluntarily walk away from my life. If something like that happens, something bad has happened to me. And that's what he knew with Paige. He knew she would never walk away from her kids. He knew that she would never just say, hey, I'm going to leave. She wasn't that kind of person. So he knew something terrible had happened. So he called the police and reported her missing. And the police called her father and said, hey, um, no one's heard from Paige. Do you know where she's at? And this was the first time her father had known that Paige was missing. And it just devastated him. And he didn't even know. And then, of course, the police have to tell him, you know, hey, did you know that your daughter uh, had been working in the, um, as a sex worker, as an escort in this time, and that she had been advertising on escort websites? And, of, of course, you know, her father had no clue. You know, it's a, a shock to him just as it is to anyone else. You know, so immediately they start looking at the people closest to you. In Paige's life, she had a tumultuous relationship with her ex-husband, Rob. And then the last person to see her alive that they knew of was, was her first husband, Ron. So immediately they had to, to, to start investigating them. And they ruled them out immediately. And of course they're doing massive searches can't find her body. They don't know where she's at. And at these times, you know, they're not really looking for, when they do searches like this, they bring out the dogs, they bring out um, foot, uh, feet on the ground. People are looking for her. And when these type of situations happen, you know, sometimes we know we're not looking for Paige to be alive. We're looking for her remains. Or we're looking for something that could point us in the direction of her remains. So on... July the 1st, 2007, a call came through to 911. It was a report of a car on fire. By the time the fire department got there, the car was completely burned. And um, this is when they discovered that Paige had met with foul play. They knew at this point that she, had, she was deceased. Someone was trying to hide evidence. And you, find, you see a lot in, you know, arson situations... A fire is the easiest way to destroy evidence. But it doesn't always destroy all the evidence. It will destroy evidence that, um, some forensic evidence, you know, it'll destroy um, blood, you know, DNA evidence. But it doesn't always get rid of everything. So, you know, of course they start looking at the car, trying to figure out what's going on there. And the weird thing was where the car was parked. The car was parked across the street from an RV repair shop. This is weird and strange because Paige had been to this RV repair shop because a client from her escort business worked there. And she has told people in the past, I really hope he stops calling me to, you know, come over and whatever because he's weird and creepy. 
when your friend when you tell your friend someone is weird and creepy remember that if somebody tells you someone is weird and creepy remember that i had a weird and creepy experience a couple of months ago um here at my apartment complex and i told everybody i knew <laughs> because i'm like hey if weird and, if i end up disappearing weird and creepy guy better be the first person that they look at <laughs> and this is what happens to you when you and, and you uh surround yourself with true crime all the time you think about those things <laughs> so on um on july 14th 2007 a massive search was made for pages remains 150 people and volunteers searched they still did not find her body but they did find some of her belongings credit cards and a checkbook were found 15 miles away from Paige's house so the theory of what Ron had told them that she was about 45 minutes away that places her disappearance from anywhere between after that phone call came till about midnight that night. So they had a good lead on what time Paige disappeared. Um, dogs did hit on the RV store across from where the car was found on um, human remains. And a worker in that store, the same worker in that store that Paige had said was creepy, his name was Lester Jones. He became a person of interest. It was said that Paige and Lester had known each other uh, from the escort business. And Paige just was, like I told you before, she was just afraid of him, didn't really want to work with him in any capacity. And she said he was disgusting and gross and she just didn't feel comfortable. And he had already had, and when they pulled his background, he had domestic violence charges. They searched his house. And they did confiscate a few items, of which has not really been released at this point. Um, Paige's kids had been, at this point, were being raised by her brother and being taken care of by him. And um, it, it's sad to, to think that those three children, and they were small children, they were very small children, were, had to be raised by someone else and they can't they don't have their mother now it's just terrible they found out that the last call made to Paige came from a burner phone and they found footage of Lester Jones buying a burner phone and only five calls were made on that burner phone and all five of them were made to Paige they needed to find her body in order to to go further, they had to have her body. It is very difficult to prosecute no-body cases. So, it's not impossible, but it's very difficult. If it, if it is at the point where it's possible, you have to have all of your ducks in a row and, and prosecutors and district attorneys don't usually like to file charges on an offender without having a body. So at this point, it's imperative. We've got to find her body. And in 2002, her remains were found. And they were found in the woods. And at this point, they knew, okay, we found, we found Paige. Now we can pursue Mr. Jones. They seized Lester Jones's cars. And after they searched the cars, they told him that he could come and get the cars. While on the phone, Lester says something very creepy. And it was out of the blue. 
I mean, they just called the guy to say, hey, you can come and get your car. This guy says, hey, did you, did you ask me where I buried the body? Like, what? Like, no, but hey, did you bury the body? Like, okay. And at this point, that was enough to charge Lester Jones with murder. On November 2014, Lester was charged with kidnapping and murder. And he really wasn't surprised when he was arrested. You know, he complied, didn't have, I mean, he never objected to it. And he, he, he never pleaded not guilty. He never said he didn't do it. So they knew they had the right guy. In July 2016, he went on trial. And this trial ended in a mistrial. The jury didn't feel like they had enough evidence to convict him. Mistrials bother me so much. Especially in this situation because... You know who did it. <laughs> you know who did it. So, again, trial. they did another trial. Trial number two um, was held, I think, about a year later. I don't have that written down. I'm sorry. We'll find, I'll find that out and tell you in the next episode. He was then found guilty of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. And... Justice was served, but I mean, of course, even though justice is served, that doesn't bring Paige back. That doesn't console her family. You know, it's once these terrible things happen, you know, everyone's life is is just turned upside down, and it's it's sad. Paige's kids, if you're wondering where they are, they actually moved to Pennsylvania to be with their dad. And while Paige was missing, Rob flew to Colorado to be with the kids to help search for her you know even though they didn't get along and they weren't meant to be married he still cared for her and of course you know you don't want to see the mother of your children missing and murdered so I mean he he did do that you know sometimes it just doesn't work sometimes if you're in a relationship you're it doesn't work out and you break up and it's always unfortunate to me when parents have a hard time parenting together so you know again it it ended up being a sad situation for all involved but you know a murderer did get put away and justice was served so thank you so much for listening today I wanted to jump into one more quick segment for you guys I wanted to give you guys a suggestion of things that you can watch you know I on Netflix, I ended up watching the um, Ted Bundy tapes. They're really, really good. It's an in-depth look at Ted Bundy's life, and they do um, they try, try to get him to talk about what he did, which Ted Bundy never really wanted to talk about what he did, especially as him doing it. It was always... And in this... this um, documentary series it pulls him out of him being him and he talks about it in the third person so if you haven't seen that I definitely recommend it and also for podcasts my favorite podcast in the entire world is Morbid a true crime podcast I think I mentioned them last time but those are my two suggestions for the week hey guys go out listen to stuff get yourself educated and be safe don't talk to strangers. Don't get in cars with strangers. Don't hitchhike. Don't do those things. 
Keep yourself safe. If there's anything that you guys want me to cover, reach out to me. You can reach me at body, body count, a true crime pot. No, hold on. What is my email address? Ooh, I think it's body count podcast at gmail.com. Body count podcast at, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. I'm sorry. Hold on. Body count tips, T I P S at gmail.com. <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows my memory is that of a fruit fly. <laughs> so you know hey whatever but I'm so glad you listened to me thank you for putting up with my uh, recording and everything you guys are awesome you rock we'll be back soon with another episode if you think of anything please email me and and my email is bodycounttips t-i-p-s at gmail.com I'm going to try to get a new episode to you next week this week it was kind of a little bit of a lag We've been working a lot of overtime at work, so I haven't really had time to sit down and do anything. But today I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and record. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. Thank you for listening to me. You guys have a good day. Bye-bye.